Warning, staff and guests may or may not be under the influence. It's been a long time. I shouldn't have left you without some say when to bless you. Mic check, one, two, three. Yeah, big show. Everything high. Smoking. Yeah, of course. 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 Like Republican. Hey, man, that shit made my day, man. That shit cracked me up, dog. Welcome to another episode of Say When. Yo, I know it's been a minute. Let me explain. First thing we'd like to do is give a special uh, shout out and big love to uh, members of our staff and guests who uh, became infected with COVID and unfortunately uh, more than one lost a family member. On top of that, some of our staff and guests were hospitalized. We moved to a new office and uh, we had two bad experiences with Mac repairing. I hate computers. It is Black History Month. That's why we had to come back. We had to do something special for you. So you're gonna hear a lot of speech clips over some music with a message. We also have a very special guest all the way from Romania and he's gonna talk about universal basic income today. So we're gonna set it off. Keep giving us your messages, by the way. It's encouraging us. We wanna give a special shout out to everyone who's been mad supportive. We appreciate, you know, the, the messages and social media, the emails, everyone in places that we thought that we, you know, we'd never dreamed of even uh, having one listener, let alone vacationing like uh, Australia. Shout out to Pakistan and uh, the Nigerian students there as well. Uh, China, South Korea, I mean, Saudi Arabia, it's Wisconsin. I don't know if that fits, you know, as foreign places for me. But yeah, I appreciate the love, man. It's, it's humbling. 
we're not going to quit because we still have life. We still have breath and we're blessed and fortunate to have that. So we don't have a choice but to keep on going for those of us that are not here anymore. And that's it. I'm going to tap out and start the show. Say when. diagnosed with paranoid schizophrenia. I have bipolar disorder. Our son had schizophrenia. I was first diagnosed um, when I was 20, 23. I grew up with it, but I wasn't diagnosed until 11 years ago. The Key Clubhouse is a place where people with serious mental illnesses like schizophrenia, bipolar disorder, major depression can come after they've had a mental health crisis. We want to keep growing and you know, meeting the needs of a very large population of people here who have serious mental illness and who want to move on with their lives. The Key Clubhouse exists because people care in the community. And that's how we have to keep running. We have to keep asking people for their support. And places like this is what we need. To help, go to keyclubhouse.org or clubhouse-intl.org. And now, a special Black History Month edition of Grind My Gears. So, what, what grinds, I think, both of our gears is stank mofos. And if y'all pick that up in the black ground, washing your crack is some vital stuff that should be taught even in school. I remember eighth grade health class, they actually taught hygiene. Uh, I think they need to bring that back. <laughs> yeah, especially much earlier, at a much earlier age, man. Especially now, microbes, everybody got to wash their hands. That's what no. I'm saying. You know, steak motherfuckers are annoying, but that's the real problem with hygiene right now. You know, we got this fucking pandemic, um, and that's part of the reason why we're still stuck in this shit uh, is that people don't 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 get uh, the, 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 the distance, the washing the hands. Um, and, you know, if you got to explain it to people through the context of stank motherfuckers, if that's what it takes, okay. Please break it down. I, I mean, I'm just saying, like, if you if you smell something that that, that off of somebody, that's because you know what what were we talking about earlier. Particles of that shit are going into your nose, right? Aerosols. Yeah, aerosol, aerosolize. If that's a word, we should all be fucking very familiar with by now. That's what it's like when you smell something bad. If that bothers the shit out of you, imagine if those particles going in are not just making shit smell bad, but are actually potentially making you sick. Message. All right. If that's what it takes to get motherfuckers to uh, to to see the problem here. In that light, it's stank. You know, it's COVID. Is it's exactly. like yeah. Somebody yeah. walks in the room and funks up a whole entire room, and you can't even determine what the smell is. They just have this funky, musky bottom yeah. odor that just does not seem to disappear. Yeah. Yo, that stuff is going in your nose, and that that nasty diseaseness. You know, what I mean, that's that's the same thing. If you can smell it, it's going inside yeah. of your body. That's how you're smelling it. But we can't smell COVID. But if right. you can smell a stank mofo from around the room uh, or from across the room and six feet of stankness is not enough <laughs> of a boundary to yeah. keep you away from that smell. And six feet is not enough to keep you away from the, the aerosol yeah. of the COVID either. Method. If you are worried about just whatever steps you would take to avoid a stank motherfucker, do the same shit to avoid COVID. COVID and stank. 
That's right. Stank COVID is not something that we need for 2021. Stank Please. COVID. Stank COVID. Do what you can now and stop stank COVID. Yeah, yeah the stank COVID. I think I think that's going to be the official uh, sex uh, maneuver of 2020 is you, you give them the old stank COVID in the bedroom, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and please make sure to get tested for not only STDs, but COVID when you're engaging in consensual adult sex. <laughs> See, I think that was good. See, I think you can, you can no, put that good. segment in, I think, wherever you want. That was good. <laughs> now we're going to lay into this Popeye's chicken eating motherfucker. Right. Who is this black woman that owns Popeye's chicken? Where does she come from? All of a sudden, oh, my Popeye's chicken. Oh, you bad on my biscuit. Oh, my icy. Oh, you going to love my biscuit. Oh, Popeye. Where the hell does she come from? Have you seen it? Popeye, is she the pine saw lady's sister? Who is she? Is she Uncle Ben's daughter? Where's she come from? Is she Aunt Jemima's niece? Where's she come from? Paul Mooney's take on the whole uh, dancing or singing or doing whatever for chicken. That stereotype goes back a long way and it's very layered and there's a lot to it. And we're not going to get rid of that overnight. We can do a fuck of a hell of a lot better than we're doing right now because I think we both know Popeye's Popeye's chicken right now is fucking up. You want to talk about not marketing chicken to black people the correct way because it's not even like, no, you can't market chicken to black people. Just do it. You have half of singing about the shit? Message. You got to have a singing about chicken? Is that how we're doing it? You dumb bastard. Let me play you uh, an extended clip what you haven't heard on the air. And after the chicken... We have the size. We got the biscuits after the fries. Oh, yeah. What the hell was that, man? But I, I'm just saying, it's, it's, it's a brother singing about fried chicken. Now, I mean, why don't they? Why don't they just give him like uh, some menthol cigarettes, uh, a watermelon, and some gold teeth? Let's just get the uh, full house racism going right there. All five across fucking straight flush. Message. Chicken on toasted brioche. It's like, mm-hmm. I'm experiencing some things right now. Look at you looking all special. But you won't really get it until you get it. That's my issue right there. Those commercials, though, you could almost forgive like one strike. Like, okay, you fucked up once. Maybe that little sister's a little too passionate. That brother. But then, no, then we got, well, who was the other one? The the the, the lady, the, the owner of the lady. They got her dancing about fried chicken on there. There's too many black people singing and dancing about your fried chicken. Then he got the old that. man, too. There's a commercial with the old man who tries the chicken for the first time. I don't even know if I saw that one. Yeah. I don't know if I saw that one. He's sitting in the front seat of the car eating the chicken sandwich for the first time. What do you think? Yeah, see, that's what I'm saying. You can forgive an isolated, you know, fuck up here and there. But come on, man. The patterns, patterns are, 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 are becoming very obvious here. I don't know where Popeye's is located, this and that. Yeah, but um, headquarters in Miami? Burger King's down here. That's hilarious because I cannot say that South Florida is a Popeye booming haven. I would think Pollo Tropical sells more chicken than Popeye's, but I don't know. Yeah, but you know, that makes complete sense. These motherfuckers moved to Florida, lost their goddamn minds. <laughs> yeah. 
Yo, this whole chicken bullshit has got to fucking stop. First of all, yeah. you're poisoning everybody with your poisonous ass product. Then just on top of that, like who are who's who's this for? Like who's this commercial for other than who's gonna like this other than a Popeyes executive? You know, like well, who, who's who's gonna appreciate that? Dude can't sing. And after <laughs> the pandemic, aren't we supposed to be a little bit more more health conscious or something? You I know mean, what I mean? Maybe I it, but to get Americans to watch what they eat, that's a whole separate battle. But I mean, but really, if you if you insist on having black people sing about your product, does it have to be fried chicken? Seriously, this can't this brother can't sing about anything else. Good. I hop. Can we get homeboy some pancakes? Sing about pancakes know. or something. We all have to be typecast with black people. Why we always got to be singing and dancing for some? I'm just trying to at least at least have it be one stereotype at a time at a time. Maybe maybe at least I, I understand this is a low bar, but let's at least get to that that threshold we're not stacking one racism this on top of the next message as far as fast food is just when you fuck up you know uh, uh, trying to throw us under the bus trying to make a you know a cheap buck when you got millions and billions of dollars you got to show me what you're doing for the community because i can sure as hell see what you're doing against the community Here at Say When, we don't tolerate racism, colorism, or any form of discrimination or oppression. So here's a mega mix featuring clips from MLK, Malcolm X, and others that may put a different perspective in your head. R.I.P. to Fred Hampton. The struggle continues. And now, the Black History Month sellout or uplift remix. A lot of people be telling me, you know, you just gotta relax. The racism thing be bugging you too much. The blacks and chickens. I'm experiencing some things right now. Look at you looking all special. I'm not, I'm not gonna do that. I'm, I'm a black man. I can't put on a chicken suit and hawk no goddamn chicken. These leaders that they call leaders, and this included comedians, comics, trumpet players, baseball players, rappers. Show me in the white community where a comedian is a white leader. Show me in the white community where a singer is a white leader, or a dancer or a trumpet player is a white leader. These aren't leaders. These are puppets and clowns that uh, have been set up over the black community by the white community and have been made celebrities and usually say exactly what uh, they know that the white man wants to hear. A message to the Oreo cookie. No matter how much you want to switch, here's what they think about you. Fried chicken and biscuit eating. You liberals who have lifted them up, Howard. Oh, you conservatives make a mistake. You can't afford to strangle hope in people. Without hope, people become dangerous. No, Howard, you liberals have let them invade our society. You give them jobs, political jobs. Oh, you missed the point. It's only the smart ones we move up. That makes it even worse. Oh, no, we have to move them up. If we leave a smart one in the ghetto, he might develop into a leader against us. But if we raise him up into white society, we neutralize him. He feels compelled to try to act like us. He loses his identity and uh, his racial anger, if he has any. He becomes alien to his brothers. They realize he sold them out and they grow to hate him. He becomes worthless to them and safe for us. In fact, in his love for the creature comforts, except for his color, he's become one of us. Fucking sell out. Number one in your life's blueprint should be 
a deep belief in your own dignity, your own worth, and your own somebodyness. Don't allow anybody to make you feel that you are nobody. Always feel that you count, always feel that you have worth, and always feel that your life has ultimate significance. Now that means that you should not be ashamed of your color. In a world where Black Mirror fans still can't get episodes with full creative control written, directed, and starring minorities, we present Black Mirror, Black History Month Edition, Black as Fuck Mirror, starring Clarence Thomas and Black Republicans talking to an actual mirror. Hate your black skin. Hate your black pants. I hate black pepper. I hate black keys on the piano. Most of all, I hate that black ass. Say when. This is a month for everyone to really think deeply about the history of this country. And not just the contributions of the most famous African Americans in our history, but the contributions of everyday people. The fact that there is no America as we know it without the African-American community. The fact that we've got to come to grips with our history so suffused by racism and overcome it. Looking back on history is a chance to think about what we can learn and do better. So this is a time, a powerful time of transformation. The Black Lives Matter movement has educated people, opened eyes. Folks all over the country are looking for change. They're looking to do something differently and leave behind the broken reality of the past. Obviously, an amazing year because for the first time in our history, a woman of color as our Vice President of the United States, Kamala Harris. So this is going to be a year of tremendous progress locally and nationally. So let's celebrate Black History Month. Let's remember, but let's be inspired to do a lot more right now. All the way from Romania via Germany, we have Dragos with a background in economics. He has seven years of journalism, and he's going to talk about universal basic income today. Yo, I'll just play a clip that we could listen to from like Andrew Yang. He's the American that uh, is in the forefront of the argument. So I'll play that. Yang, your, your signature policy is to give every adult in the United States $1,000 a month. How would you do that? So it's difficult to do if you have companies like Amazon, trillion-dollar tech companies, paying literally zero in taxes while they're closing 30% of our stores. Now, we need to put the American people in position to benefit from all these innovations in other parts of the economy. And if we had a value-added tax at even half the European level, it would generate over $800 billion in new revenue, which combined with the money in our hands, it would be the trickle-up economy from our people, families, and communities up. We would spend the money and it would circulate through our regional economies and neighborhoods, creating millions of jobs, making our families stronger and healthier. We'd save money on things like incarceration homelessness services, emergency room health care, and just the value gains from having a stronger, healthier, mentally healthier population would increase GDP by $700 billion. This is the move that we have to make, particularly as technology is now automating away millions of American jobs. We automated away 4 million manufacturing jobs in Michigan, Ohio, and Pennsylvania, and Wisconsin. And we're about to do the same thing to millions of retail jobs, call center jobs, fast food jobs, truck driving jobs, and so, on and on through the... All right, so all right. that was Andrew Yang during the debate when he was running for president. Yeah, that was from the Democrats, right? And in the United States, we're not familiar with the VAT like I know they are in Europe. When I first saw that like on my paycheck, I was like, what the hell is this? 
People in America, we, we don't know about the value added tax and we don't understand the concept of universal basic income. We're raised that everybody has to work, but we never envision a world where there aren't going to be enough jobs. There's going to be more people than there's going to be stuff for people to do. So what do we do to feed ourselves and stuff like that? And then they think, how do we pay for that? How do we pay for that? Because our politicians are always saying they have no money for anything. But, you know, as soon as there's a war or a crisis, then all of a sudden billion dollars just come out of the sky and they seem to be able to support wars for years and years that they said they had no money for. Yeah, maybe we can explain just a little bit very briefly what actually basic income or universal basic income is. But the idea is not actually new. You would be surprised, but there were some writers even in the 16th century in Europe that brought this idea that people should have a minimal basic income in order to at least have money for food. I mean, not for luxury, not for uh, expensive things, but, you know, basic life stuffs like food or to pay a small rent for a roof. In the 70s, for those who are interested in the subject, this uh, concept of the universal basic income is part of a even bigger project, which is called the Venus Project. Jack Fresco, he was an engineer. I think he unfortunately died last or two years. And he said that we had, he, the guy was really ahead of his time. I mean, even for our time was ahead. In the 70s, I saw some covers with him there. He said, and he was right, we had at this point enough technology to provide every people on this planet with food, shelter, and, you know, like basic things, food. I mean, not only food, but water and, and warmth. So this basic income is also part of this concept. The idea is, in general, starting with the adults, to receive a certain amount of money every month, whether it's like 600 euros or 1,000 euros or 1,200 euros, without any condition. So you don't have to work for it. You don't have to have a certain status. I mean, it doesn't matter if you are jobless. It doesn't matter if you already have a job. It doesn't matter if you're rich, if you have kids, and so on and so forth. So no condition. In Canada, in Vancouver, and also in other cities, has been tried even in Namibia and even in Kenya. One very big example is in Finland. In 2017, for about two years, there was a thousand people who were giving every month money. And after two years, they realized that there was no big change in the number of those who had or didn't have a job. Those who didn't have a job and wanted to find one, they eventually find it. And those who had already a job didn't think of quitting just because they got the money from the government. There was... On the other hand, increase. There was an increase in general health of the of those people, and there was also a slight decrease in costs for the medical care. Obviously, if you have people who are healthier, then you have less uh, costs for uh, taking care of those people. In Germany, last year, in uh, November, started also a program. I also took part of it. I mean, I re registered myself. I didn't get any place, unfortunately. <laughs> the The program is not supported by the government. I 
recently found out that actually this program is a, a private one and those who registered if they want they spend a certain amount of money and every month there are another two free places like a lottery given extra so all these are for testing the market this is because whether the politicians or the corporations want it or not, we kind of have to take into a different, at a different level of, of economy. Capitalism is not that capitalism like 30, 40 years ago. I mean, capitalism went through a lot of stages in the Charles Dickens' time, it was a different time. We had children who also started by the age of nine, ten years old to, to work. Nowadays, this, I mean, for the Western part of the world, this is not a normal idea, let's say. It's yeah, not it's a normal It's illegal concept. in the United States. We have yeah. child labor laws now against it. I think the youngest you can be is maybe 14 uh, with your parents' permission, like a signed special paper from school to start working. That's when I started working. Yeah, in Germany also, you can start with 16. So it takes some time for people to change their minds. You know, in general, the, the mindset changes in time. So I think that sooner or later, we're going to have to change this kind of capitalism that we are living today. And the second thing, which is a very strong aspect, is the AI, the artificial intelligence, not only the technology in general, but the artificial intelligence is developing at a very high pace. I mean, are you talking I about saw, that separately from uh, UBI or as a concept that goes hand in hand, one affects the other? The development of the technology and the artificial intelligence will decrease the number of jobs is already happening. Absolutely. There's driverless trucks. And I, I was told directly by uh, some of that the Chinese government has whole highways of nothing yeah. but driverless trucks, special yeah. highways built so yeah. that no one can be injured. It's only for driverless trucks. Yeah, this is happening. This is actual. This is right now happening. It's no more science fiction. And I saw a warehouse in America, Amazon. There were only two workers there. There was a tech, technical, some, somebody who was Like a foreman, for someone just to watch over, basically. Yes, and the manager. That's it. There were two workers. The rest of the work, I mean, the whole of the work was done by robots who were taking the products from shelves, taking it to on a platform. From a pa platform, there was a drone every couple of seconds or minutes taking the product, flew through the window and delivered to the customer. So if we have this kind of technology, the corporations, the companies will make products at a very low cost but the the irony is you have people with the money to to buy those products so you have to we we, we have to think about this and two years ago at davos this is a very important economic in summit in switzerland a german economist schwab he also brought this in discussion he named it a great reset and it's going to be a great reset an industrial revolution 4.0 so i think that the basic income is going to happen the basic income is about giving every every adult 
no matter what the status and the income. I'm only worried because just like other people will worry, they think we have something to lose. Those of us who are below the poverty level, who don't see how we're going to benefit, they always, in every new program a politician promises, they, they say it's going to help. And then at the end of the day, even with the vaccine distribution, it's the people below the poverty line who are getting it you know, the least. So I know a lot of people are, are worried about that, but what they, they fail to understand is that we're not going to have a choice. Eventually, AI and technology will get to the point where there's not much that we can't do. And uh, then what are we going to do as a society when you have millions of people and there's only you know very few jobs? So I'm thinking the, the other way to do it is to you know, start learning. Because if you tell me that, hey, uh, you don't have to work anymore, which is not true because $1,000 is not enough, you know, for anyone to live really in the United States of America, it would just help to take the burden off people from the 1950s. It used to be that a male could work and be married and take care of his wife and his kids and buy a house with just one job. And that's with or without a college education. But now you have two people college educated, both working jobs as parents and sometimes working two jobs and they're barely making it. And that's, you know, with maybe one child. And so that's yeah. what the problem has been that capitalism in the United States has exploited, you know, the regular people to the point where everything is so expensive. Real estate, it's ridiculous but to, to rent a closet is like a thousand dollars. And so they're, yeah, they're no. talking about a thousand dollars a month. It's like, that's not really going to the citizens. That's all going to the people who own stuff, to the landlords, to the electric bills, to the credit card companies. Those are the people that are, are corporations that's going to benefit the most out of a universal basic income. So it's really helping the economy. I like what Andrew Yang had mentioned about mental health. It's making a healthier society so that people are more able to work. People have time to go to the doctor, time to go to school, time to be educated. It just seems like an all-around better idea than people working 40, 50 hours a week and then being miserable and getting drunk and high on the weekends and getting into fights and car accidents and everything else that society is happening right now. They don't understand that they're not paying a living wage right now. It's either they pay a living wage or they stop with the exploitation and the overvaluing of their goods and services and there has to be at least some rent control on a federal level. If they want our salaries to stay the same, they can't keep charging us more. Cars cost yeah. more now because they want to put more computers yeah. and more little features in it that are, are really unnecessary to just jack up the prices of the cars. You know what I mean? Yeah. Every little thing from groceries to gasoline. Why is gasoline so expensive right now when it shouldn't be? You know what I mean? That there's yeah. just constant exploitation of the people that are it, winning. It it's a myth that you work hard and then it, you, the world is going to be at your feet if you just work hard. The majority of the people in the world who work hard just grow old, poor, and die. And that's the facts, unfortunately. Yeah. So it's just snake oil being sold to us by this very small group of people who have all the wealth in the world and they don't want to share because they maybe themselves have some type of mental illness where they're hoarding the wealth of the world and they're literally causing the death of millions by hoarding all this wealth when this wealth, you know, if it was unleashed on the world could solve so many of the world's problems, but they rather just keep making money from death and sickness than to actually build a society. And I'm glad that you talked about AI using it with UBI is a very positive way in the future that it's not going to stop. Technology will keep advancing. 
But on the negative side, AI, you know, can also help push disinformation, which is why the political climate is so hot right now and why people Every will coin be for has two or against sides. it. If you don't have to worry thinking how you're going to buy food the, the next day, then you don't have so much stress. One example was thinking of education. Some say that maybe you will have more time to do I don't know in the United States how common is this idea, but in Germany, uh, doing uh, voluntary work for a lot of institutions. Uh, it's going to be, there's volunteers like to help people in elderly homes. I think it's required. Some countries want you to go to the military for a year. Others, they want you to volunteer yeah. at a, a senior home or maybe with those who are, are differently abled, you know, but it's just to help out society in some way or another. Mentor some children, yeah. Yeah. tutor some yeah. kids. There's so many different ways to serve. I mean, even Obama was yeah. a community organizer, yeah. and there's there's always a way to help in the community. I'm in touch with people who deliver food every day to food banks. They pick up food from warehouses, yeah. go into their own money, renting U-Haul trucks, and and drop off this food. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Another another pros would be that this is a very loudly argument used that will decrease the inequality and the, the poverty. So for this for these pros, I would like to bring another cons because I said in theory it's very easy, but in practice it's uh, damn hard. This basic income will be actually fiat money, will be printed money. We we shouldn't you know lie ourselves ourselves. This will be fiat money. It will have nothing behind. It will be will have no. F- no value actually it will be actually a promise from from the future paid in present uh, the problem is every time when you increase uh, the money the amount of money and every time a market is flooded with money no matter what you how much control you want to have you're going to have inflation inflation means also the increase of prices. So this is a very, very strong con, actually, because when you have like a basic income of 1,000 euro or dollars, but then on, I don't know, maybe in two, three years on the medium term, you're going to have products that are eventually 50 or maybe 70% uh, expensive, more expensive, then that $1,000 doesn't have any value anymore. So you're getting actually almost to the starting point. This is a real thing. I also saw this in my home country. I'm, I'm from Romania. And in my home country, after communists, um, we had this kind of problem because the governments raised the, the, the salaries and the, the pensions. And you had really big inflation. And on the long term, maybe 10, 20 years, it's almost so very hard to recover. Another con will be that when you give people money for free, then people don't want to work anymore. This is one of the cons, one of the arguments used by big corporations, big companies. I think this is not the case, actually. This has a lot to do with the mindset and the way people are raised. For instance, if you, like, 
when you were a child and you're constructing something, I don't know, maybe doing something out of paper or of, of wood, uh, maybe it's a toy, maybe it's a mechanical thing or something. And um, maybe, I mean, I think most of us had this kind of experience and we're going to our father or our mother and we show, look what we did. This is, isn't that uh, uh, fantastic. Uh, look how it's working. I made it myself. And many times comes the question, okay, but can you make money out of it? Can you make something with it? Of course, the child never thought about this because he is he is given already everything he needs. He has a shelter, right? From the from the I mean, we are talking about an, a normal family, right? We don't talk about extreme examples. The child has a, a, a shelter has something to eat. He doesn't have to think of tomorrow what if he has money to buy food. He doesn't have to think of the money uh, to pay his school. He just has to go to school. So the same way with the basic income. A lot of people don't have the mental fortitude it takes to work jobs that they not only don't like, but that they hate. I think there's a lot of people, unfortunately, who hate their lives, who go to bed every night hating the fact they have to go to bed early to get up early to do a job they hate with maybe coworkers they hate with maybe a boss that they hate. <laughs> you know what I mean? There's And those kind of people, it's not productive to have someone like that in an office in, in any environment. It's just like telling a kid, you know, they have to do a chore, they have to clean up or take out the garbage or something. If you find a way to make it fun or to uh, make that maybe part of the duty, but give them other stuff to do, then the job is, yeah. is not as bad. I know me personally, I had four jobs at one point, and I found that to be much better than working one job, you know, 70 hours a week or something like that. It's much better off for me to work two days here, one day there, one day there, because then I didn't have to interact with the same people over and over again or the bosses or to the point where if you spend enough time with people, they're going to get on your nerves at some point, no matter who they are. You know what I mean? Even if you get yeah, along. Yeah, you got that right. Exactly. It's not healthy for me to have personally a stagnant work environment. I like to fluctuate or at least have a job where it's, it's creative. So for people who work, you know, factory workers, or you're punching a hole in some steel, which I've done too. Yeah. You know, that can be monotonous. And a lot of times people have dreams, especially in the United States, and they're not able to fulfill them for no other reason than they don't have an education system like they do in Europe. When you finish high school, your parents don't have money, you don't meet the tax requirements, then you're out of gas. You got to find a way to get a part time job and pay for some, you know, a lower college for yourself. And it just becomes very, very difficult. And you have to put yourself in a tremendous amount of debt just to try and get ahead to get a job. It's like spending $40,000 to get a job that's going to pay you 35000 a year. Yeah, that, that's right. Actually, uh, since uh, three, four years, I uh, have three jobs. None of the job is full-time. I have only part-time jobs exactly because of the same thing, to change and also to give always a fresh air to the mind because otherwise you go crazy and i think that a big part of those people who are considered by the society that they are lazy actually it's a systemic problem because they have to work they have to go to jobs that actually are not for them and they hate those jobs and the only thing is because the next day they need to pay the rent and to buy the food. The majority of the people will always want to do 
something in their lives, with their lives and in their lives, and also for their society, if you give them the opportunity. For example, here, we legalized marijuana recently, not all over the United States, but in some states. This has given many jobs to people who normally wouldn't have those jobs. They're making $15 an hour now just pulling basically the the, the plant apart and getting it ready to be chopped down and sold. And you have these people who, you know, been working for 20, 30 years and never had a job that they liked and were miserable. And this is the best job that they've ever had. Not that they're sitting and smoking at work, but it's just the, the relaxed environment that here's your job, you do your job, and that's it. You don't get any extra pressure, any extra stress, any extra this, any extra that. But American corporations are set up to a point where they're pushing workers to work from home just so they don't have to pay them health insurance. So it, it's, <laughs> it, yeah. Thank you again so much for coming, Dragos. We appreciate you, brother. And uh, next time we talk about something else. All right. Thank you, too, for having me. And you're welcome. All right, brother. Peace. And now. Our moment of win. They hit these doors and come anywhere near my staff. And I'm just going to be real honest about it. My thought process was we banging to the end. I'm not letting them take out my people and you're not taking me out.